Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Critical Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Good, and joining me once again is my go-to podcast compadre, Mr. Joe Lever. Joe, how the heck are you? I do exist. <laughs> do exist. He does exist. Ah, oh my gosh. Yeah. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you doing, pal? Ah, I'm better now. See your face. Any chance I get, you know what I mean? Just feels so good right in the old heart here. Uh, yeah, and it's uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we've had you on, or a little bit longer than that, maybe. It's been a hot minute, as the kids say. Yeah, hot minute, my favorite coin term, hot minute. <laughs> is, that, is that your term? If it's your term, I, I have to give you a coin when I say it, right? I do say it often, so uh, yeah, I'll take ownership of it. Perfect, excellent, everybody. If you say that in the future, you got to give Joe a coin. Uh, probably credit to Joe. But yeah, credit to credit to Joe. <laughs> That's the coin. Not really. We're not really exchanging change right now uh, because of the times we're in, which definitely timestamps this whole thing. But anyway, Joe, it's great to have you here. And this week, we're going to talk about a show that just wrapped up very recently. That is the first season of Loki on Disney Plus. Which, by the way. Uh, I don't know if it's really a spoiler to say this, but there will be a second season. I didn't really know that uh, coming in to that final episode, but I was like, oh, okay, they're going to be doing that because some of these Disney Plus shows seem like they're kind of maybe one and done. I guess maybe it's kind of testing the waters to see, or um, for some things like WandaVision, it'd be kind of hard, I think, to go back and do that again. Uh, but today we're going to talk about Loki. I'm going to try to give my best uh, brief spoiler-free uh, plot synopsis, and then we'll flip the old spoiler switch, and uh, we'll, we'll get into it some more. But uh, let's just start at the beginning here, Joe. Uh, so Loki, before we get into the actual show itself, Loki as a character, how have you felt about him over the years? You see somebody you like, were you like, oh, cool, he gets his own TV show? Or was that not something that you were like as keen on compared to maybe other Asgardians or something like that? Probably of all the characters that were getting their spinoff shows, he was the one I was most excited for. There we go. Love it. Yeah, I, I always thought Tom Hiddleston played that character well and had there's good depth to the character um, uh, from many different facets, right? And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that's quite simply put, just good depth to that character. Um, and worth the attention, I think. So, um, yeah, this is a good way to uh, bring him back into the MCU. They can't kill him off quite yet. He's too beloved, I guess. Exactly. Well, that's the funny thing about just comics in general, but it's just that fandom is you know bleeding into movies now where it's like if anybody dies or goes away, it doesn't really mean that's forever. You know, they can bring him back uh, in certain circumstances. And this is one of those times where I think he had such a big following and so many people wanted more from him, and this was a nice way to come back to that. Because man, like out of if you talk about the the villains from the MCU, he's the one that always kind of a lot of people go. Besides Thanos, now he's they're always oh yeah Loki, Loki. Who doesn't love Loki? He's always he's, he's a good guy, bad guy. We never know, you know. Uh, yeah, he's an yeah, well, and I like how in the main films they kind of bring a brown full circle to you know realization of his yeah. What do you want to say? His redemption, so to speak. His glorious purpose. Wait, no, uh, that's a different thing. <laughs> yes, you're right, his redemption. And kind of figure out what he wants. And I actually watched a really fascinating um, talk with Tom Hiddleston on, I think it was Vanity Fair. He did like a career timeline that just came out um, roughly at the recording of this. I, I'll try to remember to link it if I don't, but just look it up. And it's really cool to hear about his story, uh, you know, besides just Loki, other things he's done. But he talked about Loki you know, Thor is always asking Loki what he wants, and uh, Tom was saying, you know, I don't even know always what Loki wants, and maybe Loki doesn't even know what Loki wants, so it's kind of a fun character, because it can he can go in a lot of different directions, and that makes sense for him, you know, like, because that's kind of his shtick, to be mischievous, and he's maybe even tricking himself most of the time, but yeah, yeah. I'm right there with you, when they're like, Loki's getting his own show, I was like, oh, wow, you could <laughs> you could do a lot with that right like yeah exactly not to mention this whole time well everybody knows time travel the whole time travel aspect of it Mm -hmm. just kind of makes it i mean it's opening a pandora's box so to speak any direction they want to go they can kind of go with it but um uh it basically makes the storyline limitless um 
But yeah, Tom Hiddleston too. I mean, I remember God. There was one movie I saw him in. I forget what it was, but uh, Crimson Peak. Peak. Yep. That was kind of a cool movie. I actually kind of cool. enjoyed that. I remember yeah. being weird. Well, like I won't spe- I specifically spoil any part of it, but he has a very strange relationship with one of his family members, and I happened to see that film in theaters with the same relation that he has with that family member in real life. And so when it, the scariest <laughs> moment of that whole movie was how they would interact. And I was like, I kind of like look over. I'm like, this is not the movie I thought we were going to be <laughs> seeing. Uh, but yeah, that's actually a pretty cool movie. That's Guillermo del Toro. And uh, yeah, that's, that's cool looking stuff. But uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's just a cool, cool actor, cool guy, I think. And I forget about this with him because I think they put him next to Chris Hemsworth. But uh, Tom Hiddleston is six foot two, and you kind of feel it a little bit more on this show. He's a tall guy, but usually when I think of Loki, I don't think of a guy who's like taller than me. I'm like, but um, oh, so, I think yeah. the opposite. I always perceive him as being pretty tall. He's kind of lanky, lanky but lean. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah, I don't know. I always kind of felt that way. But in this show, I can see your point in that it seems. Ex- accentuated a little bit yeah i guess there's with yeah there's no no spoiler there's no thor to play off of like yeah versus not standing next to him is like this which i just recently watched on disney plus a little documentary that uh chris hemsworth did about sharks in australia oh yeah and that guy first of all when he's not in thor i was really looking at this he's his stature is the same but when he's around normal people he doesn't seem as like abrupted out of his mind. Sure. Um, like when he stands next to average people, or like you or I, like he's not like hulkingly huge, but yeah. man, the guy's ripped. And I'm sure he does buff up a little bit for those movies, but um, yeah, yeah. When he's not standing next to him, Tom Hiddleston does. Uh, yeah, it makes him seem a little bit more statuesque. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well. We're going to get into it, uh, but like I said, I want to kind of do the first little portion here just so so people, for the folks out there who might be watching this and are some who haven't seen it or are like, I don't have Disney Plus, but I do like Loki. I don't know how many of those people are out there, but maybe there are some uh, to give you like a brief kind of setup for the show without talking about it, because the more we talk about it, the more these TV shows are just kind of spoilery. You know, there's going to be plot points in them that we touch on that would be like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have known that um, because they reveal throughout the show. And that's part of the fun. But uh, basically, you kind of need to have watched all the way up um, like the Avengers movies up through Endgame to kind of understand what's happening. If you don't, you're probably going to be very confused. But for people who don't recall in Avengers Endgame, uh, Loki from the end of the first Avengers film is there and we see the the kind of aftermath of what happens there and the Avengers who from the timeline of Infinity War and Endgame went back in time to that first uh, big fight that they had and they accidentally inadvertently uh, knock the Tesseract out of the case that they were you know carrying it in and that Loki from that timeline uh, he basically grabs it and he teleports away so the Loki that we know who does die in Infinity War in the very beginning of that movie, all that character development is gone. This is that, you know, very angry, angsty Loki back again uh, and is captured by this thing called the TVA, the Time Variance Authority, I believe, or agency. I think it's authority. And they basically go around and try to deal with people who would be considered variants from the timeline, uh, which means that, like, they were not supposed to exist, and they come off of the main branching, or there's just a one timeline, and they kind of cause a branch to come off of that, so this group goes around, this kind of bureaucratic, um, kind of boring group goes throughout time and deals with these people, and Loki happens uh, to be one of them, and they basically bring him in, and they're going to take care of him. They were basically going to delete him forever, but then they say, hey, actually, uh, let's work together. This Agent Mobius, played by Owen Wilson, which I like seeing Owen Wilson. I don't know about you. Uh, It's it's nice to see him. We'll talk about him. But uh, shows up and is like, hey, we have another variant that we have to deal with, and we think Loki is super um, suited for this. And it kind of is the adventure of Loki becoming part of the TVA and figuring out all the mystery behind it all. Again, we're talking in broad strokes here about this first season. Joe, uh, I, I did mention him right there. Owen Wilson, 
how do you feel they play off each other? Because, you know, maybe it's a little biased of me to say this, but I, I kind of enjoyed the Loki, Owen Wilson, Tom Hiddleston show. Like, I kind of felt like it was going to be a buddy cop show. It doesn't do that, but it almost does, where it's like just the two of them. You know, kinda... A little bit, it develops, no spoilers. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I like Owen Wilson. I I, uh, I I think he plays his character well, well-suited for it, kind of uh, – kind of like well suited to playing that bureaucratic pawn kind of like <laughs> yeah. I'm the detective on the beat you know yeah for um, sure like jaded but, a little uh, bit maybe yeah sure but uh but he, he's a charismatic guy i mean that's why you know you can attribute his success to that um so a uh, good casting choice and does marvel or disney ever really miss mark too much no so yeah yeah i liked him yeah, maybe and maybe Jaded was the wrong term. He's actually pretty optimistic to kind of bring Loki, which I don't know about you, but like if you were going to take the god of mischief and make him like you're not a partner, but like someone who helps you out with something, I I would be very hesitant or reserved to talk to Loki about anything because I'd be like he's going to use it against me, um, yeah. which would be uh, unfortunate. But yeah, uh, and this takes place over six episodes, so very similar to that of Falcon and Winter Soldier, even though. That was they kind of heralded that one as like a film that was spread out over six. This is more television esque. It's not, I wouldn't say nearly as action heavy. Uh, there is there's action in it, uh, and it is of that movie quality or Mandalorian quality that we're seeing from Disney Plus. So if you have a, a question or a concern about that, I think it's there, wouldn't you say? Oh, easily. Yeah, I mean the budget and everything. I mean it's it's top notch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not not a question there, but. Uh, again, I feel like we're talking broad strokes here. Uh, it's a it's a hard show, like WandaVision, I think, to wrap your mind around. And maybe in some respects, this one's even harder. Because with WandaVision, it's pretty straightforward insofar as time. You know, like stuff progresses and it makes sense. Uh, more or less how things are kind of shaping up. Uh, but this is a, a time-bending, you know very cosmic adventure uh, over every space and time you could possibly really think of and that is where I think a lot of people were lost I was talking to you about this Joe I was actually talking with um, some other people who were watching it and they were like I I don't even know what's happening anymore it's just like what because uh, it it is a it's a lot to kind of take in I think uh, comparatively to a lot of these movies and shows which are pretty like I said straightforward right yeah, I I mean, I don't think it was too bad. I I followed it up until the very end. Okay. Like I understood what they were talking about and how uh the time traveling was working and where they were going, what they were doing. Um up until I think the final two episodes, I was I started yeah. to get at the end cuz it's a little oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh totally. Uh is there anything else about the show that you really liked or disliked on a very big kind of broad spectrum? Yeah, I really like the music and the vibe it creates. Uh, very appropriate. I yeah. thought the music uh, the introductions, the the credits, uh the music is just cool. I like that music too, man. I it's it kind of gives me the Stranger Things vibe sometimes with the synths, but like the seriousness of those credits um I was like, oh, yeah. man, if the whole show felt like that, you know what I mean? Like, really serious, yeah. kind of like, whoa. Exactly. But yeah, it, serious, it, but also has that kind of, like, mystery flair to it is kind of what I get. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and it, it wasn't always the same, too, which I liked, but it always yeah. still had that kind of same through line, which was cool. Mm-hmm. So, off the beaten path compliment, but I, but I enjoyed it. Um, trying to think what else. Uh a lot of the set design was pretty cool, like the TVA and everything. Yeah, uh, it was pretty neat. Um, uh, in the later episodes, like the second to last, uh, there was a cool moment there. We won't get into that until the spoiler switch is flipped. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so from that aspect, I mean, that goes back to the quality and budget. But I mean, set design and everything was really cool. Special effects as well. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed a lot of that. So. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I echo all those sentiments. Uh, I think if you're a Marvel fan, you probably watched it by now, and maybe you're just listening into this to see what we thought of it versus you. But if you're 
not uh i would say there's a lot of stuff you should probably check out first and this is not a deviation from what marvel has done hugely in the past so if you're if you're not a huge fan of those movies i don't think this is gonna like change you and you're gonna be like yes like this i like this i don't like anything else right uh because it does have a lot of that it's an action adventure that's got a lot of comedy in it you know uh so that's kind of that's their shtick that's oh. marvel's you know thing another thing i liked i mean with loki it's always appropriate but the the comedy wasn't uh distasteful or over yeah. or over utilized sure and this would be a very different show i i was uh listening to somebody else talk about this but they're like saying what if taika watiti from thor ragnarok had directed this show i think the show would have been pretty different and also would have been way more comedic like there would have just been three or four jokes yeah. a minute like it would have been like you know here here and if you love that sort of thing that's great it's this is not thor ragnarok the tv show i don't want people to go in and be like oh it's it's constantly funny it's not that but there are there are humorous moments for sure and that's just a credit to the cast and also there's something about tom man something about that guy he is just when he's on screen he's he's magnetic you just you want to watch him even if he's not the focal point uh of his own series sometimes because uh that there's a lot more going on in the show than just the name would imply right because <laughs> when we all heard about this show i joe you're probably the same boat as me where you're thinking like this is just going to be the loki show like it's just him you know doing stuff throughout time i thought the trailer was going to be just his hijinks uh, throughout time and space yeah. and stuff and it wasn't that it wasn't necessarily that so no, good that uh, good balance to it yeah yeah well uh yeah, it seems like we both recommend it. If you want to check it out, uh, it's it's something that if you have Disney Plus, I would say you know give it a watch. If you don't have Disney Plus, I don't know if they have a month trial or something, but there's a lot of stuff on there now <laughs> that is uh, exclusive to there that uh, you could check out, including um, those other Marvel shows if you haven't caught up on them. But this is much more, I would say, more akin to WandaVision than it is Falcon and Winter Soldier so far as far as the TV shows go, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah a, a lot of the Nat Geo stuff is pretty cool too. Yeah, dude, check out the that some of that stuff is just if yeah, especially if you have a good TV. Oh, it's gorgeous, gorgeous. Anyway, uh, Joe, if you have nothing else that you want to say without spoiling stuff, I can flip the old switch here. Flip her up. Oh gosh. Okay. I did this last week. Huh. E- e- easy. Are, are you grounded? I <laughs> I thought so. I always think so. Okay. somebody get the defibrillator Uh, those sparks those spoiler sparks there's so many spoilers oh my gosh Um, third degree burns on the forearm it hurts oh what if i if i had that kind of time and budget to sit here and just edit that onto my face for the rest of every podcast I'd be like, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> Scorched and burned. <laughs> right? My favorite thing, Joe, or one of my favorite things about the series was, I was like, how are you going to get that character development that we got from Loki in subsequent films like Thor of the Dark World where his mom dies or Infinity War where he dies or Ragnarok, all that stuff, and showing him a video of his life, his failures and shortcomings and all the stuff that's happened. I thought that was so interesting because how many characters in you know fiction get the chance to do that where it's like you take them and say like okay you died here's your life played out for you and like this is what happened and he thought it wasn't real and all that but they convinced him i forget how or proved it but yeah anyway uh yeah within 10 minutes they had developed them from the loki that left off at the end of that avengers film battle in new york to loki that got his next snap by thanos yeah right and it was like I thought that was so cool to me, and I love that Tom, how he played it, because there's this kind of, like, is, you know, I'm defeated, but I'm really, really sad, and, like, seeing his own dead body, and I was like, okay, that kind of catches up with some of that stuff. Not that his character will be exactly the same as the Loki we know, but I was like, okay, that's great. I thought that was really cool, and that first episode, I was like, here we go, you know? This is interesting. Yeah, and Owen Wilson uh, does a great job of, like, pushing the point and developing him kind of like you know the handler so to speak to get him to that point um so the delivery and everything i think well done uh i like how his character morpheus 
Mo- Mobius. Mo- Mobius. Like a Mobius strip. He's kind of... He, he has a very nonchalantness about him. Yeah. You know, because he knows he's dealing with Loki, so he's got to kind of play it cool, so he kind of has this nonchalant attitude about everything, and like, no, yeah, it, you know, it, trust me, it happened. And, you know, the, it's kind of well played and to the point where it's so nonchalant or um, like it's very believable for uh, Loki. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I felt that the whole delivery was believable, made sense. He, you know, Loki kind of came to terms with it and, and all that because I mean, he was seeing so much evidence around him about the time travel and everything and, and that they know, and then all the file information and all these things. Um, so it, it was cool. And that kind of goes back to the, the interaction between those two characters and those two actors. Um, yeah, so totally. Well done on that, right? Oh, yeah. And I think, uh, like I said, it's not the show where it's like a buddy cop thing. They do a little bit of that, but the whole kind of Mobius thinks this Loki would be great to help him track down another Loki, another variant, uh, who we find out later on is a female version of Loki. Uh, named Sylvie, and she's been hiding out basically a few days before any major catastrophe that happens anywhere on the timeline because uh, that's a safe place for a variant to be because the timeline would never track her as a variant that would continue off the timeline if that area got destroyed. So, for example, she would hang out maybe in Pompeii like a day or two before the volcano you know destroys yeah. Mount Vesuvius and uh, natural they get, disaster type stuff yeah or like even in yeah. space they talk about that and that there's like apparently varying levels of you know calamities and things like that uh, and I was like okay that's that's interesting I thought you know maybe because they kind of talk about Ragnarok there for a second that they were going to jump and she was going to be you know hanging out in Asgard or something and she was going to be there right before uh, the stuff of Thor Ragnarok happens like Surtur and all that but uh, yeah. that didn't happen but yeah Sylvie uh, it actually kind of felt a little bit like the show shifts once we find out you know she's in there uh, about her story it seems more like her to be honest and that's not a dig and that's you know she is technically a Loki so that kind of plays into the, the name of the show but it becomes sure. a lot more about her wouldn't you say doesn't it feel that way yeah, and then eventually them. Yes, as, as a, a pair. Duel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, you know, kind of uh, pretty vain to fall in love with yourself. Right. right. That's, <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. What a great character um, thing. <laughs> but if anyone's going to do it, it's Loki, right? Right, yeah. Um, to be honest, she was fine. Uh, played the part well. Everything worked. But to be honest, I aesthetically, I feel like I wasn't overly impressed with her is that character she did she did a good job i i would have like the whole not doppelganger but variants or other loki's i would have expected them all to be more similar sure so there was like more of a through line like not necessarily like a doppelganger of tom hiddleston every time but maybe someone who had a lot of the same attributes, not just in character, but in like aesthetic too. Like say yeah. she had kind of like dark black, slick back hair, tall, lanky. Yeah. Um, but, and then the same with a lot of them, but they kind of went more for the diversity approach, which is okay. Uh, yeah. It's fine too. But I, I, I don't know. For some reason I thought that would have been a cool thing, but uh, then again, it wouldn't play as well if, you know, he actually was, like, developing feelings for her, and they, like, looked very similar. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Uh, which is a great thing you bring up, is talking about the various different Lokis, and we do get an episode near towards the end where we find a ton of different Lokis, uh, and the big kind of standout for apparently a lot of people was, like, Alligator Loki or Baby Crocodile yeah, I Loki. That was dumb. Uh, I get that it. It's, it's funny, because you do get a shot of... Um, frog thor uh when they're panning through the dirt he's stuck in a little jar and they also have um in this place this kind of realm that they if you do get kind of deleted you get stuck with one of these kind of time stick things and then you people were like oh you're just gone disintegrated but you actually get sent to this other realm uh of all these kind of destroyed things from various timelines and there's the thanos helicopter from the comics which i'm sure a lot of people liked a bunch it's it's weird so basically joe back in the day thanos in the comics like he 
had his own little helicopter that said Thanos like on the side of it and he was like those Avengers you know like back in way back in the day so oh wow <laughs> right back in the day man we we're just like anything stuck right you know what I mean like they it was just like make whatever you want it's fine uh but uh and I'm not that's not guys if people out there I'm not trying to I'm not harping on comics I'm just saying comics can be uh very involved and there could be there could be a lot of things that wouldn't play today. Like if Thanos rolled in an Infinity War in a helicopter, we would have all been like, "What is he doing?" Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. from space, a helicopter from, from space. Yeah, exactly. There's no air. I don't know how. Or maybe he got it. He got it built on on, on Earth. He's like, "All right, I want a yellow helicopter, and I want it to say Thanos." Uh, but the other very yeah, your helicopters are real badass on Earth. So when I arrive, I want my helicopter ready to go. Exactly right. Uh, <laughs> The other uh, Loki variants I thought were interesting. I did, you know, and maybe a lot of people felt this way, but, like, the old Loki I thought was fun because he looked so, like, comic accurate to, like, the old, old-fashioned oh, Loki. yeah, sure, And, like, sure. his whole story. I think he said he even, like, won. Like, he's like, I, you know, I, I killed Thor. Or, like, a lot of the Lokis. Yeah. Who knows? They're probably all lying. But uh, kind of hearing his story, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like I know he's like like old timey like original Loki accurate with his aesthetic, but he also it also like really that's your outfit. It looks like you know yeah. I dressed up as Loki for Halloween and yep. I made it out of leftover fabric at home. Gosh, <laughs> man! I wish we could have gotten the variant old school Avengers, man. That would have been really weird looking. Uh, yeah, but that whole like realm where like you just kind of send things and this um, kind of purple ghosty wolf uh, named Eliath would kind of just consume whatever it is. So you'd get deleted from the timeline, go to this place, and then this purple ghosty wolf thing would come get you unless you kept moving or And he's surviving. basically the size of like a, a gigantic tornado or hurricane yes. floating yeah. around like a cloud kind of uh, like a gaseous figure <laughs> yeah uh which i wasn't sure if that was going to be like the spirit of fenrir or something like that at first uh, i'm sure eliath oh, yeah. is from the comics but uh i know we're jumping around a lot but basically the gist of the show is like kind of figuring out how loki can get away from being imprisoned by the tva and learning about him being a variant his other variants and the fact that maybe the tva is full of and staffed by variants themselves but they never knew it these are just like peacekeepers that they're like well we sure. were created for this bureaucracy uh, but actually they weren't uh like for instance mobius he has like dreams of a jet ski and he loves jet skis and stuff like that and there's kind of the theory out there that maybe he was you know, like a jet ski owner or you know ran a jet ski shop back in the day and that's why he's so in love with them but yeah, yeah it, um by the way the the lyeth i think it's it, it is it's it's a lieth. I don't Lyeth. think it's a l i a t h. I think it's l i a t h. I looked Lyeth. it up and it's a lieth with an a. Why do they? You can't kill a lieth. It was okay. Yeah, it's weird. In it's like Goliath without English. the g. It's like it's weird. Yeah, an lieth or it's a proper noun. It's a lieth, but not like it is like a, there are multiple lieths. I okay, know. it's okay. weird. I think it's... they made it sound like there were multiple lias. Yeah, uh, it, like as a species. Okay, I know it's it's strange. It's odd. Uh, but anyway, so they kind of like go through trying to like basically Loki gets trapped with Sylvie, and they're kind of like they have to work together throughout time, and they form uh, a friendship, but maybe more than that, and uh, they're kind of messing things up for the TVA. But then we finally find out later on that maybe. Uh, the TVA isn't all it's cracked up to be and might be uh, just a shadow organization or just, I should, not even shadow organization, just kind of like, it's fake. Uh, <laughs> like, it doesn't, like, it exists, but it's it's run by somebody else, um, this triumvirate. Um, kind of a mysterious front, right, that was created. There's, yeah. like, the cyborg figures that are the timekeepers, you know, it's kind of like an image thing, mm -hmm. but he's like a puppet master behind the curtain, so to speak. We... We skipped forward a lot, though, too. We did, yeah. Um, you know, Loki helping Mobius find her, not no, not expecting it to be a she, expecting it more to be like a copy of himself. Um, and she has kind of, they all have different abilities. I, 
the the work up to getting there was kind of you know that's your that's your main you know three four episodes right getting to the point where they actually get together but uh and she's revealed as like a woman version of him um i did enjoy that um uh what was i gonna say um it is interesting though to see the reluctancy of loki the our loki that he kind of He's still trying to kind of play some games and be conniving to try and whittle his way out of his situation because once he's done and he finds her, they're going to vaporize him or so yeah. he thinks it actually would send him to this world we've been talking about or realm. Um, but uh, but yeah, you can kind of see him backpedal. Like he'll go back to his lying, conniving ways and he'll kind of be honest and, and kind of genuine and all flop back and forth just based on like little things that Mobius will uh hit him with or like the time loop thing where he yeah. you know he cut cut off that girl's hair and she slaps him and you'll always be alone this and yeah kind of tormenting him i forget that character's name but lady Sif. Ragnarok. yeah okay yeah mm. and um but yeah uh I'm trying to think what else is important to cover on the build-up to where we we're kind of hitting uh we have mobius also has a relationship with kind of like I would the say judge. like the judge, um, kind of the big manager of the whole the TVA, and she doesn't even necessarily understand how it all works either. But their relationship is kind of a a major point of it as well. And there's a one of the guards that's kind of a major player too, and kind mm-hmm. of how they're all figuring it out. And you know, you kind of plant that seed of doubt in one of them that like maybe one is a variant, or that all of you are variants, and they all start to start thinking about that. And with um, yeah. Sylvie's ability, like Joe was talking about, there kind of her ability to mind meld with a some with somebody and to infiltrate their memories and kind of put herself in her mem- like somebody's memory yeah she can enchant people or yeah somewhat infect them or control yeah. them but or reveal things yeah uh but it's, she's like i can't make memories i can just put myself in a memory uh and she can kind of talk to people so that's kind of her big thing and loki kind of wants to learn how to do that but that kind of tells some of the people who are part of the tva that maybe they had lives before this whole thing you know like maybe they weren't just always bureaucrats or bureaucrats and uh guards and things like that uh which i think is kind of fascinating and i was like okay cool and loki wants to learn that and i didn't know how many powers loki had i knew a few of them but telekinesis was one that i forgot or I haven't seen a lot of in the movies. It kind of, uh, sort of, with certain things, mainly the dagger, right? Uh, well, there's that fight they have in that basically like a Costco or Sam's Club later on, yeah. where he like summons like a metal like thing off a shelf as a weapon. He also during that sequence on um, Lamentis um, or whatever that place that's going to get destroyed. It's like the the most powerful calamity because no one ever escapes it. He like puts yeah. a building back in place. He's like. And like a building goes back and like kind of restructures and forms. Oh, I was yeah, like, I forgot about that. And I was like, how does you got te- you've been holding out on us? I was like, if you got telekinesis uh, for inanimate objects, I've always thought that to be one of the greatest superpowers ever. That's what I would take. Uh, it's like Magneto, only you don't need it to be metal, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so there's some of that stuff where I was like, oh my gosh, but he also can make like fireworks out of his hands, you know, like stuff like that. Uh, and illusions, this, right? Yeah, illusions. Uh, and this Loki is a little bit different too because while kind of Joe, you're talking about him having these uh, kind of schemes and stuff, this is not the. I'm planning four steps ahead of you, Loki, because it's just so crazy. He's not as, like, as yeah, manipulative. Yeah, he doesn't know enough to be able to be four steps yeah. ahead because it's all so new to him and, like, a new concept that he didn't think would even exist. Yeah. Um, but going back to his powers, too, I mean, I didn't quite understand. Like, they basically take the Infinity Stones, and when you're in the TVA, like, we've confiscated, you know, hundreds of these. They're basically paperweights now. It's like like infinity stones they take them and they basically like punify them yeah Um, that hurt and he thinks if he steals one he has the power to like escape or take them down but they're just a rock at that point it's real interesting um and also he has like no powers there or like his durability i don't understand like one minute he can be slammed around by the hulk yeah, and maybe not necessarily go toe to toe with Thor, but he's kind of on that level of God tier of I'm durable as all get out, right? Yeah. But in this, it's kind of like 
that gets squashed or he doesn't i've seen that as a criticism of the show because yeah so technically loki is a frost giant turned as guardian so he's pretty tough like he's a he's the type of guy that you could throw him off a building he'd land there it might bother him but he'd be okay so uh, joe i think what you're alluding to is sometimes he gets overpowered by individuals that you're like yeah you could probably throw him across the room like you know you just feel like or you take a you know thing to the face and be like like so i don't know what that is because at the tva sure his magic and everything is nullified but in the real world when he gets his magic back uh there's one thing in particular i don't know if he does get knocked out a time or two but you're like huh I don't know, because after the yeah. whole Hulk thing, you everybody thinks of when he gets smashed by the Hulk, and he's like, he was still conscious for that. Like, it wasn't like that knocked yeah. him out, and you're like... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, like, like it, his, his durability, like, kind of comes and goes, or is slightly sure. non-existent in the show, which kind of... It did bother me a little bit, because I'm like... Like, granted, yeah, I want to be concerned for him in all these situations, sure. but I also want to think of him as, like, the Loki I know and I, I like. Yeah. Um, and know that he still has the same abilities or he's still he's still tough right right like he's somebody Just to tangle like with. his brother here uh yeah because if he's going toe-to-toe with thor and they're fighting and kind of doing stuff you kind of you think like he's a pretty strong guy like even if thor is holding yeah. back on you he's pretty pretty tough uh yeah that's a good point and i I was trying to think of what other uh, abilities he has because there's just so many and he wants to learn the mind meld thing he just always wants to learn more because he's like a really amazing sorcerer and we haven't really gotten that as much here but uh that consistency i would have to go back and watch it to see it again but i know that was i saw that as a common complaint amongst other people who were watching they're like oh like isn't this guy like (laughs) he shouldn't be able to be taken down this easily uh then again we think of thor and how he got dropped multiple times by a, a taser in his neck the, the god of thunder and lightning just can't take a taser you know or whatever that thing was in Ragnarok. it's just the oh, asgardians yeah, are weak remember. at certain things i guess um but uh yeah so uh the powers and stuff that i think is tricky with somebody like him uh to keep going with but i'm curious to see in season two what they will give him or what he will learn because a lot of his stuff is like i can pull a dagger out of thin air and that's like a pretty cool (laughs) ability like that could be really useful uh but the infinity stone thing you're talking about i think one of my favorite lines in the whole thing was maybe in the first episode where he kind of breaks out and he finds this other guy and he's like he's got like a knife to him and he's like he's like what's your name or something like that I mean, he doesn't like, have a knife. And the guy's like, Casey? And he's like, tell me where the Tesseract is or I'll gut you like a fish, Casey. Like, and you're like, oh, yeah. and then they kind of open the drawer. I thought that was going to be a fake out later on. I was like, maybe this TVA thing's fake and maybe these are all fake Infinity Stones. And they just tricked Loki into holding the Tesseract and being like, it's worthless. But it's like still the Tesseract. Uh, so I hope they kind of back that up a little bit because it's like, not that the Infinity Stones should be out of the picture completely. But I also think, like, taking the entire Infinity Saga and then just showing them sitting in a desk drawer where there's, like, you know, 20 of them, it's like, oh, like, it hurts It was you. kind of like an eye-opening thing, yeah, right? Like, like oh. they're meaningless in this realm. Yeah, it, it kind of, like, like shocks you a little bit. Yeah, and it's all because of the person who's kind of in charge of this, which uh, is a character that I thought would be coming down the pipeline. I made a video about it a long time ago, and I feel vindicated. Uh, I have no clue who he is. That's okay. I'm still confused. That's all right. I'll send you the video. No, I'm just kidding. I will I'll talk to you about it. Uh, but, yeah, they go to the ending there, and you were alluding earlier, Joe, um, with this kind of cool set, which gave me the same kind of vibes of, like, the end of WandaVision. Uh, there's a, a really cool set like a creepy set that is like it seems pretty much physical and you're like oh they saved like the really interesting cool creepy set for last you know oh yeah that castle that's shrouded on that unit universe like asteroid rock thing somewhere in that solar system space whatever guarded by eliath or whatever the ghost wolf was like the fog wolf yeah past him and take control yeah once i entranced it it revealed the castle it was and it was like in the same realm or plane of where they were all being destroyed at where they got uh what's the word when they get stuck with the stick and they vaporize i'm trying to remember if that's it's not like deleted is it or something like eradicated uh something like that 
disintegrated. Something like it's something like deleted. Yeah. Removed. Uh, uh, expelled. Either, either way, yeah, that teleports him to this realm. Yeah. And and so that Eliath is constantly eating. It basically consumes time, energy, and physical. Um, matter things matter yeah, yeah. Mm. there you go yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so it's interesting the whole time it's kind of shrouding this location and so once they entrance right. it it reveals it um but that set was interesting that castle and everything you know what it reminded me of and this is going to sound odd if you've ever seen alice through the looking glass okay that end castle with the clock guy oh okay i don't the know if castle, i've seen that part reminds me of that for some reason minus all the clocks i guess it reminded me the outside of it as like a part of that really famous looking one from that building in canada the one that like part of the canada pavilion has at epcot it's got like the green kind of like roof that goes not necessarily to a point but it kind of like goes to like a little flat top thing I don't know. And I also okay. thought it was going to be Dr. Doom. I thought it was going to be like Latveria or something weird like that. I was like, let's get Dr. Doom in there, baby. And I'm like, why would he be at the end of time? But I was like, <laughs> yeah. Or I kept so, hoping it was Ultron or something. Because it was like the robots earlier on or the cyborg things. I was like, it's got to be Ultron. <laughs> so he who remains is basically a normal average person. Well, smart person. He was a scientist in 2062, the year. Mm-hmm. And he discovered the other universes stacked on top of each other, excuse me, or planes or realms, timelines, whatever you want to call them. And he figured out a way to communicate with his variants or other forms on those planes. And they started working together, shared technology, and they created this whole thing. And next thing you know, it became, like he said, versions of himself weren't so pure of heart. And they started attacking each other's realms and destroying them all and trying to save their own and this and that. Next thing you know, he kind of gained power, wiped them all out, and created just the one. And to avoid any conflict in the future that would wreak the havoc and all that and the war, so to speak, he basically kept it on the same same timeline and created the TVA to enforce it and make sure that it would never happen again. Yeah. Although, all the while, the TVA, if you really think about it, and they talk about this, or he does, he remains. I don't know his real name, if they said it, but anyway... Um, I've been referred to, to as many things, a jerk, uh, he who remains, which I kind of like, and there were some other ones. A anyway, conqueror. A conqueror, yeah. And um, so anywho, but the TVA is technically every time they go and they extract a variant or they fix a timeline that was affected, they basically, because it, it started a branch, right? Mm-hmm. So they leave one of those things and it disintegrates or deletes that occurrence or that entire world i i didn't quite get that i think it was everything that time clock thing i think it was anything like that would it's not the whole world it's just like little pieces of matter because they had those little grenades that would be like the little they put them down Mm -hmm. and it would like destroy everything that would cause that variant to just be like a different timeline uh, that could change drastically so it's not the whole world necessarily they're just different timelines that and eliath helped with that helped him gain the power over these other individuals yeah. But yeah, yeah, you have a pretty I, good grasp I, of it. Sure. I, I, oh, and by the way, in that realm where everybody was vaporized and sent to, did you notice the ship that was kind of like crashed into the ground that was the same one that Ronin had in Guardians? Yes, that's the Ronin ship. I was thinking it was. It looks a lot like Thanos has one that's similar to it too, but yeah, I yeah. saw that. I was like, yep, I saw that. There's a lot of like little things in there, which I was like, oh, like this is a little, I don't know if these are nods or like, what could have happened, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I, I like that he gives them the offer or has that uh, VR clock give him the offer of, you know, he could send you both back to the same plane timeline. You could rule Asgard and or uh, kill Thanos. You could be the big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it was interesting. But anyway, tell me about he who remains good question joe uh i know him and many others may know him as kang the conqueror now kang the conqueror is an interesting case of a villain because he is a very very far off descendant 
was it 2062 or is it 2162 or something? I thought it was pretty far flung in the future or something like that. Something, either way. Either way, he's in the future. He's the descendant of Reed Richards, typically, who you guys might know as Mr. Fantastic of the Fantastic Four. Now, Kang is an interesting case because he's a villain that doesn't necessarily possess any special powers. However, because he is from from the far-flung future, he'll come back with technology that seems like magic. Uh, Think of him as, like, a very, like, like a a futuristic Iron Man kind of like he doesn't fly around in an armored suit but he'll come back with a a super throne and a little laser gun and all this stuff Uh, and the one that I know and there are very many different types of Kangs uh, Kang the Conquerors uh, over time but uh, the one that I know I know from Earth's Mightiest Heroes and he was kind of like Mr. Freeze he has a wife that's stuck in like a time stasis and he basically went back in time to prevent the Kree and Skrull War, uh, which you might remember the Kree from, like, Ronan, the Accuser, is Kree, um, and then the Skrulls who are popping up now here and there in Captain Marvel and all that stuff. But he went back in time to take over Earth and um, basically defend it from the Kree and the Skrull and prevent his wife from somehow being caught in this weird time sickness thing. It's kind of crazy, uh, and I'm, I'm not doing it complete justice. But anyway, so he's a villain, from the future, who comes back to the past and tries to muck everything up, and there can be a ton of different ones of them, uh, and they have their own little kind of group, like Joe was talking about. They're all like can be pals, but there's usually one that's like, "Hey, I don't really like the group of all the other Kangs, so I'm gonna kill you," or you know, "I want to, I don't want to be part of your group." Uh, for Rick and Morty fans, think of like the, the it's like the, <laughs> it's like a collegiate group of Ricks. It's just like a bunch of him and different versions of him who are trying to, like, get together and get along, but that doesn't really work out. So, supervillain from the future, coming back to the past. Kind of thought it was an interesting choice to put him in here as the kind of the big bad, as it were, and the kind of the question for a lot of people at the end is, like, he's like, you can kill me, but then it's all just going to happen again because of how many versions of me there are, and, like, time will, you'll basically be back to this point, but it might not, it's not going to be me, the kind of nice one, the kind of weird one. It might be, like, a mean like bad yeah. one. Take one dictator out and don't fix any problems and another dictator takes place. Exactly. Uh, or he's like, or you can basically run the TVA for me and we can just keep doing what we're doing here and preventing any other Kangs from ever happening across the, the main timeline right now. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of where we get to in the end and Sylvie just wants to kill him because she is frustrated by everything that's happened and just kind of going for all out chaos and anarchy and our boy Loki was like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this. Uh, and he gets bested and she kills him. <laughs> and then it's like, okay. Does she kill him? Uh, she does kill that Kang. And he just says, like, oh, I'll see you soon. He's like, but it's not going to be him, but it is going to be him. You know what I mean? Like, it's a different, it's a variant, right? Like, it's a different, it'll be a different Kang. They don't show her killing him, though. She pushes him back through... Oh, no, I'm at Kang. She kills Kang, not Loki. She pushes him back. No, I know. Her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember seeing her actually strike Kang. Oh, she runs her sword right through his chest. She, like, moves the desk. She's like... And he's, like, sitting there, and she's just, like... Like, right in his chest, and he's like... Oh, uh, you know, kind of thing. Oh. He doesn't try to stop her. He's like, I can't stop you. Because he is just, like, a regular guy. Uh, and his kind of whole point was to be like, I can either win you over uh, or not. And he kind of had... He had that kind of, like... I don't want to say it's a trope yet for villains, but that kind of like I've seen this whole conversation or it's been all read out. And then they put like the script or the screenplay like on the table. (laughs) And he's like, I know you're going to say this. I'm going to say this. You're going to say, how would you know that? And I'm going to say, I know that because of this. And it's like all there on paper. Right. But then he gets to a point where he's like, we just passed the moment that I've forced. Like, I've I've seen all this stuff before, but now this is all new territory for me. It's like, I don't know how this is going to end. He's like, I either die or I don't. threshold, as he says. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, she does kill him, but it doesn't really matter because then we get uh, Loki back with the TVA, thinking that it's just like old school times. But uh, instead of the triumvirate uh, of kind of space lizards, as they say, it is now just one uh, solidary statue uh, that is, you know, Kang, the Conqueror, kind of like, I'm guessing, going to be a little more uh, iron-fisted in his approach to, um, you know, dealing with the timeline. Does that help? A little bit? 
So now free will across the universe, creating timeline divergence, new timelines, which does what? Create new universes? That's the scary, tricky thing that Marvel, I'm sure they haven't figured out, but that is one of the things that is nerve-wracking because then you start to say, like, well, if it doesn't work out in one thing, then we'll just go do another thing, you know? Uh, That's, I think, too, with, like, time travel. Uh, that's, you know, apparently Tony Stark was supposed to figure out time travel and that was supposed to work. So they even bring that up. They're like, well, the Avengers use time travel. Why aren't they considered variants? And it's like, they were supposed to figure out time travel. It's like, okay, uh, <laughs> that's that's great. That's fine. But you also want to yeah. make sure that people, there are still stakes because if you if you don't have that, then people just be like, oh, I don't really care if the world ends because in this timeline, because we'll just go to the next one, you know, just do something else. So I'm sure it's all part of the plan and it's all leading up to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which I'm sure will also entail Scarlet Witch and uh, Doc Strange just trying to fix everything. And there's a lot of possibility for fun, I think, in there with a bunch of alternate timelines. Maybe a chance to bring in the X-Men. You know, uh, there's there's so many things that they could do with this. It, it's really a big setup for, I think, what this next big phase is all about. You know, kind of the, the past, past Thanos sure. phase. You know, phase sure. four. Uh but yeah, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a weird uh, it's a weird show. It's very different. That last episode is all is very dialogue heavy. There's not a lot of action. It's just like a lot of kind of sitting and talking about what's going on, <laughs> and it's like Ugh. it can yeah, be. Yeah. So of confusing. all the series that we've seen thus far, these Marvel series on Disney Plus, this one probably the most important for future setup of anything that we may see on big screen. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, I think that, and maybe uh, WandaVision. But this one more so because sure. you could do anything with it, you know, like yeah. you open it up and you're like, we're talking about a variant timeline here, everybody. But I, I kind of hope they don't do that. Like, I hope they do it once with Doctor Strange and then they just push it back down into the main timeline because it, it's just too much to juggle. You know, it's so much. It's kind of like what the CW did with their kind of crisis on Infinite Earths. You can do it once in a while, but you can't be like, we got shows yeah. like, you know. Smallville's starting back up, but it's different Superman than the one with Superman and Lois, you know, kind of thing. It's, it's like... <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I liked it. Uh, a little bit confusing, I think, especially that last one, but uh, that's Kang. So Kang the Conqueror. Maybe I'll send you the video, Joe. He's interesting. Yeah, guy. I feel like that last episode, you kind of knowing who he was or knowing that tidbit, uh, a little bit of a backstory would have helped you. I, I think otherwise, at the end, you're kind of like on a cliffhanger and you wonder... So does Sylvie like take over managing the timeline at all? I don't no, think she so. She just kills him and yeah. just we don't hang, know where she hangs out. Hangs right? out there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wish when he was given his little um, his little backstory and he was talking about that, they kind of show like his little toy statue thing that is all that. I know that there's probably a budget thing. I just I always love to show, you know, stuff like that. I would love to have him meet himself. You know, like, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, on the first day, like, I finally met myself. I'm in a lab coat. Other guy walks through, you know, he's wearing a completely different thing. And we shake hands. It's like, hey, like, you figured it out. And we're like, yeah, I figured it out, too. Like, we're from different, you know, universes Mm -hmm. and dimensions. That kind of stuff. I want to see more of that. And uh, we'll probably get more of that coming up here. And that might be the prelude to something like Multiverse of Madness to show that stuff off more. So who the heck knows? I don't know. But an infinite amount of possibility, right? Like, you can do anything now. Like, not that you can do before. Limitless. Limitless with Bradley Cooper. Limitless. Exactly. He likes that drug because it makes his brain the best. Um, <laughs> he'll drink the blood of a druggie that has that drug because he gets the brain being the best. That makes sense. That's the plot for Limitless, everybody. Uh, but, yeah. So, like I said, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I'm curious to see what season two brings because, again, could go anywhere with it. Uh, yeah, uh, go back uh, alternate timeline. Hulk is the Hulk again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they brought him back. He's really angry. He lost his mind. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. no longer a nerdy waste of CG. Yeah, <laughs> your your words, Hulk. Don't listen. I uh, yeah, I do want classic angry Hulk back. Uh, but again, yep. maybe this will be something that they have to figure out in Loki season two versus Multiverse of Madness. I don't know. Maybe that's more of a Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange thing. But I still think Doc will be involved in this, and he'll be like, like, <laughs> come on, guys. I took care of Dormammu in the first one, and now this, like, 
<laughs> just he's going everywhere, just closing portals. He's just like, I just can't. Like, I just please stop. <laughs> um, you know. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm just really curious to see where they go with it. Uh, but Joe, do you have any final thoughts on Loki? Uh, final thoughts, much the same of all of the series. I enjoyed this one the most. WandaVision was fine, but only towards the end. Um, yeah, I, I just I like Loki. I'm partial to him. I, I think uh, I don't mind that they open the door to a wide realm of possibilities. Yeah, kind of like that uh, Marvel that cinematic universe needs that injection of it allows them to be more creative. Right. So it's fine. I agree that potentially there's too much to juggle there, but hopefully they keep it reined in and don't get too zany. Otherwise I'm going to, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, yeah. And I think they know that, uh, like, I feel like at this point, I really trust them. As I say, way back in the day, it was like the fact they pulled off guardians of the galaxy and made me care about, uh, a talking raccoon that isn't a raccoon and a tree. Uh, you know, more or less, like, I'm like, all right, I think they kind of know what they want to do with this. So, yeah, uh, if it gives them more space to create, I'm all for it, and I'm very hopeful. And, yeah, I'll be there for Loki season two, for sure. Oh, yeah, heck yeah. yeah. And I I just like Tom Hiddleston. Jeez, he was, he was, he he embodies that character. He's great. Um, He's very good. But uh, this is also their means of getting Black Panther back, Uh, you know, um, yeah, they could uh, do a lot of stuff, right? Uh, or yeah. changing that, yeah, because that's something that you can't, unfortunately, because of um, the passing of Chadwick Boseman, you can't bring him back that way. So you can you do something else, yeah. you know, or whatever else it's going to be. But yeah, that's that X Men, Fantastic Four, anything else, yeah. you know, if you want to do it, if you haven't already started planting the seeds, which I think they did for Fantastic Four and Spider Man, but uh, yeah, you can bring in a lot of stuff that you couldn't do in the first place. Uh, with Iron Man <laughs> way back in 2008. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm curious to see where it goes for sure. Joe, I know we're on a little bit of a time crunch here, but sometimes we do a little bit of time killing, wouldn't you say? Uh, so we're just yeah. going to we're gonna briefly jump into that segment of the show that I like to call, you like to call, we all like to call. You want to hit me with it, baby? Time killers. That's right, it's time for time killers. <laughs> I like added that sound there, and I feel like I have to do the when it, the knife slash with my hand. If people who watch this, they'll be like, "Oh, he really does line that up." Yeah, exactly. Um, so the games and movies and TV we've been killing time with. Joe, what have you been killing time with, buddy? Uh, I watch Archer on repeat just for sheer <laughs> relaxation. Okay, fair Still enough. Still makes me laugh every time, even if I've seen the episode. Um, I did go see Black Widow out of convenience. Oh, uh, in the theater. Think of it? In the theater, yeah. First time back since a year and a half. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's a while, right? It was fine. Okay. Like, it was good. I like ScarJo. I like, like, it was very, you know, serious, more adulted, I, I feel like. Um, there are some parts of it i'm not going to review it now but there are a lot of parts where i was just like uh-huh oh <laughs> sure. i gotta hear this man oh my gosh uh you know impractical things i you know the prison escape scene i couldn't believe the helicopter or her hanging i mean you would think maybe she does have superhuman strength i don't know anywho it was fine I give it a mediocre score. I was entertained because of kind of the adultness, serious story to it, you know, and kind of the spy thrilly vibe. Yeah. Uh, I kind of enjoyed that. And the fact that it's her, I I don't dislike Black Widow as a character, none of that. Um, And it was cool to kind of see the backstory of where she came from and how it, you know. And yeah, the unpredictability of it and her scheming and like this facial swaps and all that. Cool. but that's it. Uh, time killers. That's really all I have. Okay. How about yourself? Thank you for asking. I, you know, I was talking about Black Widow last week with a friend of the show, Kyle Bossman, and I was joking with him about that helicopter thing. Joe, just just specifically here to touch on it, because before that they wanted a jet, and I was thinking, okay, because at first when they talk about the jet versus the helicopter, you're like, oh, it's just for mm-hmm. transportation. I was like, how are you going to get Red Guardian out of that prison with the jet? Like you were, yeah. you know, I was like, and it wasn't a Quinjet because the Quinjet, like, it wasn't a Quinjet that they were talking about. So I was like, yeah, because I was like, oh, if you got that, you know. So 
stuff like that you're like that's because black widow she's got some super soldier serum in her i think i've just i've just i've really just adopted that thought and i think in the comics she sometimes does because some of that stuff you're like yeah. you wouldn't walk away from that widow i know you're tough oh, i liked her sister her sister she, was kind of cool isn't she great i really like her and believe it or not she's a british actress and i'm like i kind of bought the russian accent yeah. you know that whole thing and the whole just you know hating the posing and i'm not going to spoil everything but i just i love her just being like a yeah. you're this and come on like you know little girls aren't going to look up to me the same way I look up to you we're trained killers like you know um yeah anyway uh yeah saw black widow uh we ta- already talked about it a bunch but uh did you um catching up games um i have been playing mad max it was a gift from uh my buddy jason uh it came out a few years ago kind of arkham style combat but set in the you know the desert and wasteland apocalypse of mad max and it's actually pretty fun uh so i've been going with that that's kind of the biggest game mostly recently uh and a bit of your stream of it it looks Fun. Yeah, it's fun. It is good. It's really good. Actually, it's I, I'm like, yeah, this is a fun game. And coming off of other open world games like Assassin's Creed, it's so much smaller, which I appreciate. It's not going to be like an 80 hour game, even if I did every little thing. I don't think it'd be that long. Sure. But uh, I also have been catching up on Attack on Titan season four anime. It's really intense. Uh, and My Hero Academia, another anime. I just, I just like anime, Joe. I just do. I love it. Uh, That's cool. Yeah. But besides that, that's pretty much everything. Now we're going to wrap up the show, Joe. With a little bit of that thing I love so much, community questions and community feedback, or community feedback and questions, which either one is whatever you want to call it. I um, remember no, Bravo. Um. Anyway, <laughs> what do uh, we got? this one comes in from the Jstrom, and I asked people about what they thought of Loki, season one, not just the character. He said, "I thought that Loki got more interesting with each new episode, and I really liked Loki's character progression and his friendship with Mobius, which kind of got eclipsed by Sylvie in later episodes, but." That was okay. I thought the final. But it was, was still present at the end, which it I was liked. exactly I agree it was, with everything he said. It was nice that it came back, right? Yeah. Then uh, he continues on saying, "I thought that the final episode was very interesting, and the final image, my jaw dropped. What do you want to see happen next season? I just want the show to keep surprising me." Uh, uh, roll a dice. I don't know. Loki, what do I want to happen? I want Loki running the timeline. There we go. That might be too Him much. Him and Mobius teaming up on the beat, doing something. Taking out variant, so many variant timelines to deal with. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. There's, uh, I don't know, because you want to keep the show going, right? It's almost like it has to be like a police procedural, where it's like he does stuff, but he can never be the chief. Like, he has to continuously be out in the field, because if he's not, it wouldn't be as fun, right? Hmm. Trying to find Sylvie... Yeah, dealing with the next version of uh, Kang. Yeah, exactly. Um, Kang, 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 Kang the Conqueror. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, something like that. But also, have some fun with your timelines, man. Like, if you can go any at any point in space and time, yeah. Why not make it kind of like Endgame was, which is a little bit like Marvel's greatest hits. Just have him popping in and out of various like movies or events around movies, or he like shows up in Asgard <laughs> and Ragnarok is happening, and he's like we shouldn't be here like you know kind of thing stuff like that that's what i would like to see personally so i think that's a good call yeah there you go thanks for writing in i appreciate anytime anybody's got something to write in with uh that's something i just love to hear from so if you guys ever have a topic or feedback or anything like that all you have to do is tweet the hashtag critical podcast over on twitter to at go critical or you can tweet at me personally at jimmy good 013 send me a gif of a dog or something funny um I like that. Joe, I know you are on Twitter as well. And you, I am. And, yes, look at <laughs> You can tweet at, <laughs> at Joe Lever underscore 627. Lever, just like Beaver, only with an L. Uh, yeah, I have to look it up every time because I don't really use Twitter. Yeah. Uh, also, but if I get notifications, I'll look. Yeah, exactly, right? Uh, we have a Teespring. If anybody wants any merchandise, there's some pretty cool stuff on there. But I would really... Um, 
implore people out there, uh, if you want to help the show out, to leave us a review, if you can find us over on iTunes and all that. If you leave me a five-star review, I will read your name out and the review on here. If you don't want to leave me a five-star review, maybe send this podcast to one of your enemies. Uh, So that way, it's like you think that it's a bad thing. Maybe your enemy will like it. Maybe your enemy will leave a five-star review. I don't know why you'd be listening to this this far if you didn't like the show. If you have enemies, maybe you've gone wrong somewhere along the way. I I know, but maybe you think you're going to you're gonna like screw them over by sending them a podcast that they you'd be like they don't know that your enemies would be like take this. Uh, but if you if you do leave a review, I would appreciate it. That'd be great. Um, but I love having uh, people on the show, just various types of stuff, and it's just I love having you, Joe. It's just great. It's great to be on the show with you. It's been too Pleasure long. To be back. It's yeah. been great. Um, it's been a hot minute. I've had some great guests on, but you know. They're not a go-to podcast compadre, you know. It's, just, it's different. It's different. I love them. I love them in a different way. Uh, but it's just, it's going to be a different thing. But I've appreciated. We've had a lot of cool guests on recently, and I'm. Uh, we'll talk about it. That's it. The next week or the week after. But uh, I'm going to fill people in, Joe, on my life. Um, there might be a little bit of a a break from the show here for just just a little bit. Uh, there's just some little things happening. Nothing bad. I'm okay. Uh, but. <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, if you made it this far, I appreciate you. Thank you to our patrons. You guys are fantastic. Thank you to anybody who watches or comments on any of these things. You really don't have to do any anything else. Just let me know if you're enjoying the show and how we can make it better. Anyway, Joe. Like thank- and subscribe. Hit the alerts notification button below. And uh, you're going to yeah. want to smash that like button. Uh, you're going to want to <laughs> smash it so hard. Hit the bells. Ding the bell. I want everybody here the second it drops when these things premiere I want you there I want you to deny your family time be like I need to listen to this this is spoiler cast about Loki um cause that's that's really what you're feeling right um yeah so there's audio versions of us on iTunes and Spotify um somehow I'll get it on Audible maybe one day but who knows anyway Joe thank you for being here it's always a pleasure. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, and happy for, to be back. Yes, and again, like I said, past couple weeks had some really great guests on. Please go check out their stuff, like Entertainment Landfill or Delayed Input by Kyle Bossman. All that stuff. They're so great. I love I love chatting with them as well. But uh, thank you for listening. I appreciate that. Or watching, or maybe even doing both. Uh, but until next time, just remember to adapt and overcome. Bye-bye.